0: What's going on, everybody? This is John Barrera with the Kerrville Podcast. We are episode 91, coming to you live from the Shriner University Studios at Jam Broadcasting. Thank you, Charlie, and thank you, Toby, for coming in today. Yeah, man. For getting it started back up. And, you know, um, there's a lot of things going on at Shriner. Uh, Talk of the town is there is a football team coming uh, who knows more about that? Is it Toby or is it Charlie? Oh, that's
1: definitely Doctor Huber uh, knows so more about that. So, what I
2: would, yeah, you know, we for years. I came to Kerrville ten years ago, and when I was hired as the dean of students, the question I got more than anything else from the community was, "When is Shriner going to bring football back?" And so we've we've toyed with that idea over the years uh, a number of times, and it it really is kind of an interesting uh, evolution. We had football when we first started in 1923. You know, we even had an undefeated season. We beat Texas Tech one year. And so, yeah, Shriner University had this history and tradition. Well, then they dissolved football for financial reasons. And so for many years, we kind of went without a football program. Uh, Over the past few years, uh, our conference had football, and uh, then we didn't have enough teams for an automatic qualifier For the playoffs, for the SCAC, the Southern Collegiate Athletic Conference, and very recently another school in our conference, uh, Centenary in Louisiana, decided that they were going to bring football to their campus, which left us one school short of a qualifying bid uh, for our conference. And so we were asked by the conference to explore whether we would be interested. So we did a lot of homework. And, uh, our board, our board voted to support moving forward if we had the money. And so now we're in that phase where, where we know we're doing football. We've just got to figure out, you know, how we're going to pay for it.
1: Yeah. And this has been an over two year long endeavor that we've, yes, we've embarked on. So it's not like we just woke up last week and said, Hey, we're going to start a football program. No, I mean, we, there were, there were some some serious uh, endeavors involved to see if it was feasible, both financially and uh, as our university. You know, was it going to change our culture? And um, so, a lot of hard work and effort was put into it. Uh, the The board approved us to to walk that road of of seeing mm-hmm. if it was feasible, and and then recently in uh, October, approved us to uh, pursue football at Schriner University. Right. So where
0: will the games be held, and who's going to be the coach, and, and well, why does it take so long to get a football team together?
2: Yeah, so it takes a long time because football is a complicated sport. You know, Unlike other sports we've added recently, uh, wrestling. In wrestling, you need a singlet, a headgear, and a mat. Uh, football, <laughs> you, know, you know, the helmets, it's the equipment, the cost. You have to have space to practice. Uh, you need a pl- uh, space to play. And so we've talked to uh, KISD about using Antler Stadium, and they're very, you know, in favor of that, which is a very common partnership with small colleges and their local high schools. High schools play their games predominantly Friday nights, colleges play their games predominantly on Saturday afternoon or evening. So it's a, a, an easy blend. Now, we couldn't practice at Antler Stadium. That's not uh, feasible or logical. And so for us, we would have to create a practice space on campus. We would need to expand our weight room. You know, you bring in 100 young men to a, a college campus, there's a lot of uh, structural changes that need to happen. So we engaged the PICTOR group to do the feasibility study. Uh, we had several architect firms come in and sort of show us what it would take to build practice facilities. So there's costs for that, the startup costs. Um, and now coaching aside, you and know, we can sort of put a pin in that one. But, you know, we haven't hired a coach yet. Uh, And that would be one of our our first steps once we get the funding plan in place is to hire the coach, you know, and, and a lot of people ask, well, who are you going after all of those things? And, and the truth is we, you know, we know
1: the type of person we're looking for, but we don't necessarily have that person hired yet. You know, the, the, the coach that we do hire is going to set the foundation for this program. Absolutely. It's going to set the culture of the program. So the, the head coach that we hire is absolutely the most important piece of this entire, you know, you can pour the concrete. But it's hard to dig it up once it dries. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yes.
0: Yeah. This is the foundation for college football coming back into Kerrville. And I'm excited about the the money and the economic impact it's gonna have here because you know, there's gonna be a college football team in Kerrville.
2: Well, and there's a couple of there's a number of ways in which a football program, especially at a university, would have an impact economically on the community. You know, in addition to the games, so if we do uh, college teams have anywhere between five and six home games. So we did the math. If we're at the lower end of average attendance for division three football programs, we're still looking at a a million dollars a year to the community just from the games. Wow. Uh, And then that's just five to six games now. So in addition to that, you've got the other factors, hiring uh, the number, adding new staff. So you bring in uh, professional staff, coaching staff. Training staff, all of that. The number of new positions in the community. So you've got people buying houses, spending money uh, from that. Then you bring in the additional hundred students who are going to eat at the local restaurants. They're going to be there. Their families are going to come visit them. All of that. So there is a there's a significant impact on the economy. Um, and if the university grows, so if we get you know if we add a hundred college football players, those are some big guys, right? And so in addition to that, if our cheerleading program goes, if we add band. As the university grows, that's more students in Kerrville. That's more people shopping at HEB, at the you know all the local restaurants, those kinds of things. Again, that has uh, every step of that adds an economic um, impact to the community, which you know we're excited about. And, and that was part of our feasibility study. That when we had the uh, company come in, they they helped us sort of walk through what all that looks like. What's the reality of that versus you know everybody has a perception. Oh, it's going to be this, and, and they showed us the numbers. And it, it has a, a a major impact on a community,
1: even a small community. well, especially a small community. Yep. Yeah, you-, you know, you, you, downtown Houston, you bring a thousand people into Houston on a weekend, it doesn't even um, blip the needle. Mm-hmm. Um, you bring a thousand people into Kerrville on a weekend, that that's a significant impact to every one of our establishments, uh, restaurants, hotels, shops. Um, the definite economic impact is happening there. Do y'all think we're ready for it? Do y'all think Kerrville's
0: ready for the influx of people in and out of the city?
1: So let, I'll, I'll say this about that. And this is a part that, that we forget to mention a lot of times when we're giving our football briefing. The, the Kerrville 2050 plan talks specifically about um, the need, mostly economically, to make Kerrville a college town. Um, it, it's an absolute boost in all areas across the board. The, the easiest way to do that for Shriner is football. Um, you take basketball, you take baseball. Um, generally, a fan will come to one of those sports if they have a vested interest in the game. Their, their kids play, a neighbor's kids play, um, or, or the team's undefeated about to go into championships, those kind of things. Football's a different animal. Football will attract people that have no vested interest on that field whatsoever. It's football. Yes. They come to an event and a football game breaks out. Does that make sense? Yes. So that will help ease that bridge into Curveville transforming into a college town. And, you know, we've looked at in 2017,
2: we went on this sort of adventure to add new programs and sports to grow our enrollment. And it's always, you know, we've looked at a lot of small sports. We added equestrian, we added debate, we added, you know, which isn't a sport, but, you know, a program. And um, all of these other things, we, we knew in the back of our minds that if we wanted to make a big difference, we needed to add that large sport. And, uh, it, you know, people ask about lacrosse. They ask, uh, it's Texas. Texas. And so here we are in Texas as, as a uniquely Texan uh, university, you know, home of the Texas center, all of these different things.
1: Without it's a football team. Without a yes. football.
2: And it's, it's, you know, our provost said, how can we be uniquely Texan and not play football? Exactly. It's, it's
1: one of the most Texas sports, you know, on the planet. Would be like <laughs> us being in Europe, not having a soccer team. Calling ourselves uniquely European.
0: Yeah, it's like opening a barbecue joint without brisket. You you got, you have
1: to. Or with only tofu.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's a sin. Hey, uh, so what division will we be in? What what teams do you think we'll be playing? Um, Has that been set in stone yet?
2: Absolutely. So we currently, uh, through the uh, National Collegiate Athletic Association, the NCAA, uh, compete in Division Three in the Southern Collegiate Athletic Conference, the SCAC. The SCAC has announced that they are bringing football back uh, to the to the conference with the addition of McMurray and, and some other schools lining up to be in that conference, which would give us uh, – you have to have at least seven schools competing in your conference to have a, a playoff qualifying bid. So Trinity, Texas Lutheran, McMurray University, Austin College, the the Division three schools within our uh, Southwestern, conference. Southwestern. Centenary. And Centenary now added – and so we add all of these teams and Division three. One of the things I love about Division three sports and especially Division three football is that our students play the game because they love playing the game. You know, they're not being compensated. You play football because you like to play mm-hmm. football. You want to extend your playing career. You know, you played four years in high school. You were pretty good, uh, but you don't have any interest or or even desire to go on and play in the NFL. Uh, you just want to play for the fun of it, and D- Division, Division Three is where it's at. Division Three can't offer athletic scholarships, right. really. There's zero scholarships given to our college athletes, which to me is the purest form of college sports. Uh, True you know, that, student athletes. There, yeah, there's no expectation, there's no compensation. You're playing because you want to play, and uh, and you know to a T, you meet these young men uh, who are playing football, and and a few young women even now, and and you talk to them and, about you know, what their aspirations are after college. And they're going off to be doctors. They're going off to be teachers, or coaches, uh, you know, uh, vets, scientists. You know, they have all these careers that are beyond football. They're playing football because they like football. And uh, it's just a different atmosphere. The locker rooms are different. Uh, when it, that, that sort of locker room talk, that the practices are different. The pressure is just a different kind of pressure. Uh, it's just a more pure version of the sport, in my opinion. True love of the
1: game, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah,
0: you have to be passionate to play Division Three ball, huh? Uh, oh yeah. What about the so? Are are there scholarship opportunities, or is just sign up and play?
2: Yeah, the the student athletes at an NCAA Division Three uh, program, they receive no. Uh, scholarship for sports. Now that doesn't mean that if you're a valedictorian, let's say you're the valedictorian of uh Harper High School or at, you know, Center Point or wherever, and you want to play football, then you'll get the same scholarship a valedictorian would get. So right. your you academic get, you scholarships merit are up. Scholarships just mm-hmm. not
1: academic or not athletic scholarships.
2: We can only award scholarships based on their academic performance, not their athletic performance. Right. And so you get the same scholarships as all other students. Um, and so that, and so football players, basketball team, our wrestlers, they all do receive scholarships, just not for participating in their sport. They receive it based on their academic uh,
1: uh, eligibility. Yeah, if you're a five-star quarterback in Texas and get offered a scholarship to UT, that's an athletic scholarship to go to the University of Texas mm. to play football. I see. Uh, we, Division three cannot do that.
0: Yeah, but we got college football. Coming to Kerrville. We do. This is amazing. So 2025 is when the season will begin?
1: So the, the plan right now, and Dr. Huber, correct me if I'm wrong, um, it's, it's a, it's a three-year um, initial plan. Right. Um, the, the goal is to start the search for the head coach this spring, um, get them hired on by the fall of 2023, uh, start with the assistant coaches and, and specialty coaches, training staff, and then and start recruiting for that team fall of 2023. Am I correct? That's great. Yeah, and they'll have a year of building and field the first competitive team. We'll, we'll do some JV scrimmages and things like that, but field the first competitive team in uh, fall of 2025. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So right now, as we
0: speak, there are athletes in high school that will be playing absolutely for Shriner University. Absolutely football team
2: yeah and it, and if uh, if a student's interested you know if you're a, a sophomore or a junior even in a, a a high school and you're interested in playing football for us, we're gonna start reaching out pretty soon and you'll you'll start getting uh, being recruited um, and it's you know division three again, we're not we want good athletes, but we want is what we're really shooting for are our good young men. Yep. Who uh, we, like we can that, that like to play football honor integrity those kinds of things that you're building as uh, part, being part of a team sport. One of the things that I talk about with football is football is one of those sports that instantly teaches you what I think society values at a high level right now, and that's how to get up after you've been knocked Absolutely. down. Absolutely, and you know it's that idea of grit and resilience. Football teaches you that in a way that no other sport truly can, is that you're going to get knocked down, but we want you to get back up and keep going. You're going to lose some games. You're going to, you're going to struggle. You're going to have to sit the bench behind somebody who's you know, better than you. Yes. And you're going to learn all of
1: those life lessons, and you're going to do it with the team, and, with a goal in mind. And, and you know, the, the falling down and getting back up, but also how to work together as a team and protect yeah. that, that teammate to your left and your right um, by your actions. Um, not being able to lean on other people to only perform their job. Everybody on that line, everybody in that backfield has to perform their job to be successful. Um, not just one person can pull that team through to a victory, unless you're like Vince Young or something.
0: Toby, has, has that mentality helped you out anywhere else in life? Absolutely. Working uh, as
1: a team? Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, my 21-year 21 career, 21 career in the Army um, plays a testament to that. You know, back in in the uh, early two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands, the army did a lot of sponsorship in uh, high school and even college football, um, because we saw that that correlation between a team's um, working together on a football field and soldiers working together in 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 the field or in in the deployment. Um, so yeah, we made a a, a push to make the army's name known, uh, even back then. But yeah, there's definitely a direct correlation between all team sports really. And, uh, and military service. And this is for both y'all along.
0: I mean, I didn't even properly introduce you. I, I call you Charlie, but you are the Dean, the Dean of students at Schreiner university at Schreiner yeah. University. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, this is for both y'all. Have y'all ever been uncomfortable or experienced failure along the way? And, uh, what advice do you have to those who, who do fail on, on their journey to get to where they want to
2: be? Yeah. So I can say, you know, from the moment I was born, I've really never messed up or done anything wrong. And <laughs> you stole my my life, my life has been nearly perfect. Um, and so I struggle to answer that question. So right now might be the first time that I know I, I you know, I think it's a good question. I think we, we, you know, we often, um, face adversity. And one of the things that experience teaches us, and this is something, you know, I have a 16 year old son and I'm talking to him constantly about this, you know, time gives us the ability to sort of look back and realize that even in the moments in which you failed, you were strong, you made it and you, you survived that. And you may not want to do that again, but you can and, and you realize Mm. it's not that bad. And so I think uh, if I were to tell young people today and I, and I meet with a lot of college students who, who fail their first semester of college, who, uh, are struggling with, you know, relationship issues or, uh, trying to find their place in life as an adult. And it, the one thing I will tell them is you're strong enough to do this. Just give yourself the patience, uh, courage to not give up so soon, um, because You can do this. And, you know, we have this great ability as humans to bounce back from things. And it's not that we forget, but I like to look at the analogy of driving a car in that uh, uh, life should be like that. You're looking mostly forward on the road. That doesn't mean you don't look in the rearview mirror to see what's behind you as you move forward through life. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't pay attention to the instruments and gauges within the vehicle. But you have to focus on the road ahead of you. If you spend too much time looking back, you're going to hit something. If you spend too much time looking down in the moment, you're going to hit something, and so you've got to keep you know an eye on the future and where you're going. And I think that's how you uh, avoid mistakes, and that's how you sort of live through mistakes, knowing that hey, they're behind you. Uh, uh, Ted Lasso, a show that I really like, uh, about a famous—I uh, say famous—he's a, a, a American football coach coaching soccer in London, and he talks uh, about you know when you make a mistake, you just move on past it and you keep going because. Uh, he tells his players to have the memory of a goldfish, a 12-second memory. That's why they're the happiest animals on the earth. Now, there's good a good piece of that advice that I really appreciate, but it's also, you know, you do need to understand that you made a mistake, and you need to live into that mistake and own it. And, uh, again, I think that's just an important part of life is knowing that that can happen and knowing
1: you're strong enough to survive it.
0: That was a dadgum graduation speech right there. Toby, (laughs) can you top that?
1: (laughs) It's never failure if you learn something from it. Exactly. And everything in life you can learn from. So it's going to sound comical, but almost what Charlie said to begin this was, uh, I've never made, I've never failed. Because I've learned something from every single failure or mistake. And as long as you can do that, like he talked about looking in the rearview mirror. As long as you can, you know, learn from the times you fall down, how not to fall down again, um, and and remember where you came from and how you've improved from point A to point B, on to point C and D and E. Um, then it's not it's not even really failure because you're learning and improving your your own self, whether it be character, physically, mentally. Um, as long as you can improve, it's not failure.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, there's a line from a Jason Mraz song where he says, "You win some and you learn some. I never like lose." That. Yeah, I do like
0: Um uh Toby, before we head out, I didn't even introduce you. I didn't. I didn't even introduce your position. And you know, you, you talk about failure and getting past it. And um,
1: what is your position at Schreiner University? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I'm the, uh, marketing and communications for Shriner university. I've been in that position now for going on five years. You Mm -hmm. believe that doctor? Yeah. Um, yeah. So anything you see visually, um, uh, advertisements, commercials, um, that came through my office. Yeah. In a lot of ways, Toby
2: really is the face of the university when it comes to talking, uh, you know, and interacting with the community beyond the university, Toby's been uh, instrumental in, in the Kerrville Loves Shriner program, working with our leadership students on campus to sort of uh, rekindle and, and make those connections between the local businesses and Shriner. And so Toby uh, really does a lot for that uh, within the community. He, you'll see t- if there's somebody if there's an event or something and, and Shriner has representation there. Uh, Toby's almost always uh, there or behind the scenes sort of making that connection and helping us uh, build that strength. you know, dr. McCormick, our president, talks about all the universities, especially universities our size, are at the at our heart community uh, universities and uh, connected intimately with our communities because it, we're we're driven by what happens in in our town and so, Toby and having that town uh, uh, and gown relationship is an extraordinary, uh, extraordinarily important piece. And in the past five years that Toby's had his position, no person has done more to sort of enhance, increase, and improve that relationship. Mm. And so, uh, (laughs) well, it's so much so that uh, Toby and I are actually going to the National Association for Student um, uh, Affairs Professionals, it's the national conference for. uh, Student affairs and uh two thousand submissions of uh presentations every year and they only pick a handful. And Toby and I are presenting on uh the relationship between Shriner and Kerrville at the national conference
1: and it will be a featured session. So uh to, which to, is a really cool deal. To talk to other colleges and universities around the country of how they can improve their relationships with the communities in which they live in.
0: Because you're so integrated. That's why I almost didn't introduce Toby. I felt like everybody already knows who Toby is. Um, Before we head out, uh, I just... The police
1: blotter gets my (laughs) name on quite a bit.
0: (laughs) I just wanted to ask both of y'all, why Shriner? Why Shriner? Why should a student pick Shriner? Why should a parent pick Shriner for their students? And um, yeah, why?
2: Um, You know... Here's, I, I do, I get asked this question a, a lot from parents that are visiting and, you know, from friends. Here's, it depends on what you're looking for. There are a number of universities in, in the United States. And, you know, if you want uh, the, the fraternity life, uh, common college experience, you know, big school football games and you want to wear the UT shirt or the A&M shirt or whatever it is. And you want that, if you want that kind of experience, that experience is out there for you. If, if you're really looking for, and I think here's where Schreiner does an, an excellent job. If you're looking for a place that uh, immediately as a student, you can get involved, you can join student government, you can be in 10 different things. You have an opportunity to make an impact uh, and get a great education, uh, where you're walking across campus and you know everyone. It's a small environment, so uh, I think there's a, a certain type of person that really likes that. They like that that idea that I'm not going to get lost in the crowd. Mm, um, not I'm not just gonna a be, number. Yeah, I'm not going to be one of 45,000 students. I'm going to be a student. I'm going to be me. I'm gonna be John. I'm gonna be Charlie. I'm gonna be Toby. I'm not gonna be. Hey, there's you know just one more person in that vast sea of burnt orange or, mm. or whatever it is. And so, not to knock that, that those they're great schools. Um, but when you're sitting in a classroom at Schreiner, the the uh, faculty member is gonna know your name. And when you wow. don't show up to class and you miss class, they're gonna call my office and I'm gonna say, hey, where you been? And we're gonna you know we're gonna check on you. And you and you're gonna have that level of of concern for you as a human that can't happen. And so when I was at Georgia Southern, there were 20 plus thousand students. And when I worked there, uh, they're only 24 hours in a day. And I would have a line of students that I had to almost see just constantly. And I couldn't spend time getting to know them. Mm -hmm. And I would ask the questions I needed to ask. I would answer the questions that needed to be answered. And I'd move on to the next student. We have the same amount of time in a day that Georgia Southern or UT or A&M has, we have fewer students, so we can spend more time getting to know our students and understanding who they
1: are. In, in the, this last winter graduation that we just had, um, I, my office interviewed the valedictorian and asked her what challenges she faced and what achievements she overcame or, or, or challenges she overcame and achieved um, upon graduating. And she said something that was kind of profound. No buzzwords, no cliches. Flat out came out and said, I wasn't sure who I was or what I was able to do or what I was able to achieve until I came here and I found out who I was. If you want to go to, if you want to, go to one of the Megalomart schools and, and be able to get lost, you can absolutely do that. You can blend in. You can go through your four years. You can get your degree and go on and live a happy ever after. At, at Schreiner, you can't do that. At Schreiner, you, you will be known. Wow. You will figure out who you are. Um, people will know who you are. And and something that uh, Dr. Huber touched on, you know, those the professors, not only with attendance, they learn, they, they figure out how you learn and are able to teach you to the way you learn. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, when you're in an auditorium with 300 other people and the professor's a little blip down on the stage, that professor doesn't know you from Adam one size fits all and at Shriner. You will be known. You will, they will know who you are. You will know who you are. And when you walk across the stage four or five years later, um, you will have a, a sense of belonging You'll have a sense of community. Yes. You'll have a sense of who you are as a person. Um, so it may not be the largest group of alumni. It may not be the largest graduating class, but those people that you take that journey with will have a bond with you forever. And, and it's a tighter, I would venture to say a tighter bond than, than some of the larger um, um, state and larger schools.
0: And you see the students in the community integrated mm-hmm. more than more than you see anywhere else, really. I mean, Mango, for instance, he graduated from Shiner, and now,
1: yep, I I, I employed him as soon as he uh, as soon as he graduated. And we were talking off off air about um, some of his work and working with video. He's my photographer and videographer for the university, and um, the, the the guy's amazing. So i'm a i'm a shriner alum i was i yeah. was hired as soon as i walked the stage so. toby was our valedictorian i was <laughs> so one of
2: the things that I, I you know we talk about shriner but another reason i think if i think people should choose shriner is is kerrville yes and and i will say i've lived in a lot of different places you know i, I i've been here 10 years um but i think there's something special about kerrville. And uh we live in one of the I mean, one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Uh with so many things to do. If you like kayaking or hiking, our, our trails are beautiful. There's a number of ways to get involved in the community. A community that actually cares about Shriner, a community that loves our college students, embraces them. Um and, and all of that. This is a great place to to find that home and, and build a family. And I think we often get this, uh Kerrville gets this sort of um talk about how we're a retirement community and yeah people retire here because it's beautiful yes and the weather's great and you know we're not dealing with 12 feet of snow every winter you know we we got one (laughs) foot of snow uh, two years (laughs) ago and and we still talk about the like the that one week of snow that we had uh and how you know and but that being said our our summers are are beautiful our springs i mean it's just it is a beautiful place in, in the world, and there are beautiful people here, great people who uh, would help. You know, at, at, We've had a number of students. I have one student, and I, and I don't want to give it away. She, she was struggling to pay for school, and, and she's a single mom. And her church community stepped up, and they are all— as a community helping her get through college and uh, one of the most amazing and beautiful stories again it's not my story to tell but Mm. that kind of thing happens in a place like curve where you have people stepping up to help people uh people that appreciate everything and and so as as awesome as shriner is and the people that we have it on campus uh the community that you get to live in and be a part of when you come to school here is equally as
1: beautiful you know similar to the 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 small university, right? Um, Kerrville being a small community, small-ish, it's not, I wouldn't even put Kerrville small anymore. It's growing up. Um, But not only people to help you out, but opportunities for you to help others. Mm. There's so many servant leadership opportunities in this community, um, whether it be with the elderly or whether it be with churches or whether it be with uh, the, the food banks, um, so many opportunities for college students and, and just community members uh, to step up and be, be on a board of an organ of a nonprofit organization or, or, you know, pick up trash on the side of the road or clean the river. Um, all of these different ways that you can volunteer your time and your talents um, to help grow the community and some of the bigger cities, you know, that kind of gets washed out a little bit because they're just so big. Uh, yeah. Community, you can th- this community, you can actually see the the fruits of your labor um, in that servant leadership role, and, and see direct results of what of the time and and talent that you put in. A, a lot of our students uh, volunteer with Habitat for Humanity. Um, I know a lot of us, uh, Charlie and I both, were on several different boards in town um, to mm-hmm. give back of our time, give back to our community that does so much for us and our students. So. Uh, man Kerrville's an awesome place it really is is.
0: that's why this podcast exists because I you know we had a vision to to seek out everybody who provides value to Kerrville everybody who makes up the community and everybody who um you know just is is special to us and is people you see every day at Walmart H-E-B Buzzies, Barbecue Dickies wherever and is people you know exist in this community and if y'all can think of anybody I'd be honored to have them on and y'all are welcome back on and talk about what's going on at Shriner um y'all just anybody you can think of just send them our way absolutely oh and happy
1: 100 years y'all centennial this year go check out our website Uh, you'll see the centennial banner on there you can click and see all the great things that are happening happening in 2023 um starting to get the spring concert in april lined out Um, that's gonna be exciting september 18th is our our actual birthday Uh, we'll have a huge celebration next year on september 18th so stay tuned to that um go check out the website and see what all is happening all right y'all that is episode 91
0: charlie and toby um thank y'all for coming on thanks john y'all are more than welcome to come on again talk about any events you have going on and uh Y'all have a blessed day. Yeah, Thank man, y'all you for too. listening to the Curville podcast.